0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of Clissa's Mic Drop here in 2020. What a year it has been! Not all of it positive. Of course, the big coronavirus pandemic, uh, you know, it left me on the front porch in most of uh, March, April, and May uh, rather than the office, uh, rather than at the Broncos facility. No OTAs to report about, no mini camp, no conditioning no preseason and then they start late in training camp and off they go uh they're they're playing games already on monday night against tennessee broncos woulda shoulda coulda uh, but didn't uh against the tennessee titans losing 16 to 14. uh let's go over that game right now first of all you knew that this offense would struggle in light of the virus shutdown it's a young offense they have a young quarterback they have young talent up and down along the offensive line. Lloyd Cushenberry, a center. Um, you've, got, uh, you've got young receivers, Jerry Judy. Um, you've got, uh, uh, you know, who had a couple big drops in that game. No Cortland Sutton. So uh, the Broncos on offense with a new offensive coordinator, new system. They just need time to gel. And they uh, just haven't had that much time yet to do it. Uh, they were especially off. Uh, they did move the ball it was kind of a uh boomer bust when they moved the ball They they scored or or got down to first and goal at the two um if they uh, otherwise they had three and outs you know they had too many of them especially there in the third quarter when they barely had the ball uh, Locke played really well uh, i thought he really moves well and throws well on the run and um, Too bad about a couple of the Judy drops. The one with four minutes to go, I thought was the game. If if he catches that ball, they're winning the game. They're they're knocking off two more minutes off the clock. Uh, They're getting in field goal range. And, um, you know, uh, I I think Tennessee still would have got the ball with maybe a little under two minutes to go. But uh, field goal wouldn't have done it. They would have had to score a touchdown. So... um, you don't know for sure, but that that was a, a big moment in the game, uh, no doubt about it. The biggest reason why the Broncos lost, though, was the 14-point swing in the first half. They have a 7 nothing lead. They have the ball. Gordon fumbles. They give Tennessee an easy 7. And then the Broncos, on the next drive, go all the way down to the 2-yard line, first and goal. They tried two power runs in the four plays. They didn't get enough. They got a yard there. They tried... To fool him on uh, two plays. And Locke overthrew Vinette. He was open, overthrew him on one play, and then the shovel pass on fourth down. A lot of people didn't like that call. It's a type of play, you know, it, it's got to work to be a good call, you know, and if it doesn't work, it looks really bad. And it didn't work, it got snuffed out. And uh, so, not a good call by uh, Pat Shermer. I do give him credit at the four minute mark. Uh, in the game when the Broncos are trying to protect a one-point lead. That pass to Judy, that was a great, great call. And Judy was open, and the pass was there, and Judy dropped it. Um, you know, he'd have been uh, down to the 30-yard line, and, and they're, they're running the clock. Tennessee probably takes some timeouts right there, but the Broncos uh, can eat up their timeouts and uh, start running down the clock. One more first down, they kick a field goal, they're in good shape. And then, of course, you got the clock management of uh, Vic Fangio, and uh, that was uh, unfortunate. Fangio, I, you know, I added it up. If he if he calls a timeout when Henry runs down to the 16, uh, and then calls another timeout when Henry ran down to the 12, okay, you call a timeout after those two plays, you save 52 seconds. Instead. Uh, you know fifty two seconds on top of the seventeen seconds they had left uh, you're talking about uh, you know a minute fifteen plenty of time to move into uh, uh, plenty of time to move into Brandon McManus's uh, field goal range let's see on that it's it's going to be a it's going to be 109 again still plenty of time to move into McManus field goal range for the win um, but w- Uh, it's inexcusable what vic did there you cannot let that happen again Um, i understood not calling a timeout when they're at the 29. he wanted gaskowski who had missed four kicks 10 points worth uh you know to kick from the 40s to kick from 47. he wouldn't have made it there's no way gaskowski makes it from 47. so vic kind of wanted the clock to melt and and stop the titans there and, you know, he didn't want to stop the clock, have him regroup, and, and try to move the ball and then move the ball closer. He wanted to keep him right there. So that was okay not calling timeouts. I understood that. But at 16, now it's an extra point. And even though Gaskowski missed an extra point from 33, um, he wouldn't have missed a second one, I don't think. And from the 12, now you got to start thinking offense. You can't, you can't bank on the kicker. That, that's... That's just not the way you do it. You know, you can't bank on a kicker missing a chip shot. So um, no matter how much he struggles, and that's what Vic was doing, he didn't give his offense a chance. He didn't lose the game on that, but he didn't give his chance to win. And, you know, as a coach, you've got to give your team a chance to win. And that was taken away because of clock management. He has, he will. I know he says he's going to continue to do somewhat the same thing. He's going to have the decisions. Um... He, you know, at the end. But they are going to tighten things up in the press box. I've been told um, the communication has been tightened up. It has been discussed. They do have a plan on how they're going to handle uh, clock management there at the end of the game uh, with communication between uh, the press box and down on the field and then to uh, Vic Fangio. So that will be taken care of if that comes into play against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know if they if that will, but uh, Uh, I think there's a chance that the Broncos can keep it close just because I think Fangio defense can confuse Big Ben. We'll go over that on the other side. In the meantime, we had a nice conversation this week with Broncos middle linebacker Alexander Johnson. I tell you what, I think this guy's playing at a Pro Bowl caliber level. Uh, No one's talked about that. I think because he missed the first four games last year, Uh, basically was on the bench, just didn't get on the field. He was healthy scratches. Once he got on there, boy, he is a he is just a dynamic, energetic player. Fun to watch. Usually you watch the edge rushers and the pass rush. Uh, you don't watch the run stoppers too much. Alexander Johnson from the mic position is uh, just entertaining to watch. Uh, uh, he plays with a viciousness, a meanness. And yet he's clean about it. I, I know he got an unfortunate penalty. I didn't see it. It wiped away... Uh, it, interception by Oja Mudia so it wasn't a smart penalty but uh, Fangio thought it was questionable at best and in fact he didn't think it should have been a, a penalty. Um, again I didn't see it to uh, offer a comment on it but Alexander Johnson just playing terrific. We're going to talk to Alexander now after we sat down with him um, uh, this week and I hope you enjoy that interview. Alexander has always got a lot of personality, funny guy, smart guy, I hope you enjoy the interview. Alexander, thanks for joining us. I'll tell you what, after watching you play middle linebacker, I mean, you've got some butkus and Nitschke in you. You've got some meanness in your game. You don't tackle them, you crush them.
1: Oh yeah, uh, man! Like you said, like the buckets and all those great linebackers. Like as a kid, I just used to grow up and just watch, watch different, watch different clips and film of them, and just like I feel like my mentality is one of the how they carry theirself mentality. Like you gotta have that want on the field to to get to the ball, have that aggressiveness about your play to to get get to the ball. And then, you know, but I love playing the game and passionate about
0: playing. You said uh, it wasn't your best game. You led the team with 12 tackles. You seem to be, uh, you know, everywhere on the field. What, where, uh, where did you come up short in your mind?
1: Oh uh, well, you know they say I led the team with 12 tackles. Man, I looked at the film. I was a little. I feel like it was a little more than 12 tackles just, just for me, just breaking the film down. But uh, where, like, uh, like I usually like just looking at the. Um, Looking at uh, the things I did wrong, where I can improve myself, like I feel like it was two plays that I left on the field where I had an opportunity that if I was reading my keys just right, I could have got a pass deflection or an interception, if that. Another play critical in a two-minute drive where I was playing playing too far inside on playing another play other than playing in my gap, and I think Henry made it like a six or seven yard run for me not being in my gap. So just like little things like that, trying to be sound on each play and in and out. And I feel like the the biggest thing where I need to improve at is when, if like, you know, they was making a 16 yard drive, I and mean, 16 play drive, like those long drives right there, when you start getting winded and you are getting fatigued, you start losing your, your small details in the game, inside the game where you should keep it up. So just those little things right there, I feel like I could have, been way way more efficient playing that first game
0: your first two years here with the Broncos uh, you know the early part you're developing and then last year as a as a starter Todd Davis was kind of the man the captain of the defense and and the man on the in the inside there Uh, how surprised or shocked were you when they let him go
1: man uh, like you said man it was everybody was shocked I know I was very shocked like we was, I was expecting to line up line up with uh Todd going into this season and we, you know we trained this offseason with each other but preparing with each other uh for this season and just knowing that you let them go like that it was it was very shocking and also it was, it was eye-opening to me is like well like it, it don't matter how good you play previously or how how well you done for the team It's off at the end of the day it's a business so like what I took from that is my mindset is each game I get on that field I got to play my best because I don't I don't like you never know what can happen so if you got good film you'll be able to get picked up again and obviously I know Ty going to be able to get picked up with a team and he's going he's going to do great because he's a he's one of the best in line, inside linebacker in the league
0: At the same time I think one reason why they let him go is uh, they wanted uh, you to step up and become the man uh, of that defense and also to, to get Josie Jewell back on the field. You guys came together or, or grew up together with this organization a couple years ago. Uh, how's your relationship with him on the field?
1: Oh, I, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, it's just proved it this is past game. I feel like me and Josie, we played real smooth and uh, real good together. Um, our relationship on the field is great, but we, we communicate like – just, just like me and Ty communicated, me and Josie, we still we communicate the same, moving around, and uh, we just making plays. And then, obviously, we can't dwell on the past. We got to look on the, uh, what's happening right now. So uh, just, just keep preparing each game in and out to be the best inside linebackers we can be to to help the defense. Obviously, you know we got a big responsibility controlling the D linemen and communicate with the DB. So that's the biggest thing. Just get, keep going out there, having fun and competing and playing at a high level with each other and i feel like we we do that with each other
0: you're playing the steelers this week and uh, they're known for blitzing vic doesn't blitz too much but when he does he often sends you in there you like you like blitzing oh yeah uh you know um it's they uh, a
1: few people say man you got a knack for uh, for getting in those cracks and getting to the pass rusher um it's it's just something that uh, is just me me playing and me wanting to get to the ball and being aggressive when i go blitz Obviously, I never blitzed much when I was in college because I was always b- dropping back in coverage and, and they had me in the middle of the field roaming and stuff. But, like, I love blitzing. Who who don't like blitzing? You get a chance to go put pressure on the quarterback. So, it's very exciting. Um, obviously, we, I wasn't able to get as many blitzes as we wanted to this past game just because of the situation of the game. But, you know, hopefully we, we'll be able to stop the Steelers and put them in uh, – get them in uh, downs where we know they have to pass where we can bring pressure. But you know, it just, it just depends, and so I do like blitzing, and if I don't blitz, I don't. If I do, I do. So it's, it just depends.
0: You've seen Big Ben from afar, you know, uh, watching on TV. Now you get to be on the, the same field as him. Uh, excited for that opportunity, and tell me what you think about Big Ben.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Any chance you get to play against one, one of the top, uh, top quarterbacks in the league is always exciting. Um obviously, you know, he, he put a stamp on, on his at his position and what he can do and obviously he get the name Big Ben for a reason. Like me just I never played against him, but me just sitting back and watching from outside in, he he's a big guy and you see he make people miss all the time. So that's that's I love challenges. So if I do get a chance to hit him I, I want him to feel me and let let him let him remember me and not miss the tackle because I know he's a strong big guy. So you know, got to go in there with some controlled aggression, aggression just to get him down.
0: Welcome back to Closer's Mic Drop, the first edition of the 2020 season. What a year it has been! I hope you enjoyed that interview with alexander johnson the broncos mike linebacker really playing well had the 12 tackles to lead the team in game one uh he says that the uh stat counter missed a couple <laughs> uh boy i tell you i wrote by the way i wrote a uh a broncos 50 book the 50 greatest players in broncos history and, and barney chavis got on me about his tackles uh, billy thompson uh you know missed a couple tackles you know i heard reuben carter uh, these guys all talked about the tackles that I missed. Uh I just pulled them from the the stat sheet that was available. But uh I tell you what, those players uh long after they're done playing, they still know their tackles and uh, uh they don't like the way the uh the statisticians keep them. And I'm sure that, you know, the stat keepers do miss tackles, you know, uh, especially those uh, gang tackles. Uh those 2-yard gains, Derrick Henry. I mean, the Broncos had six guys on Derrick Henry uh when he got when he was going through the line of scrimmage didn't get much past the line of scrimmage but he was still effective uh 31 carries 116 yards i mean he didn't trample the broncos by any means but he was effective especially late in the game pittsburgh steelers for the broncos are next it's going to be interesting i'm not sure about Cortland sutton uh, saw him play this week and i tell you what he's that that shoulder is still still a little fresh, so um, I'm not sure uh, he's going to uh, uh, play. I would, I, if he does play, if he does play, I'm not sure how effective he's going to be. He's definitely going to have to take a shot or three <laughs> in order to play. Um, but Noah Fant, you saw what he did last week in the first half. Judy, even though he had the two drops. Uh, four catches, 59 yards. He he definitely flashed his first round talent. Um, and then Melvin Gordon. You know the the Steelers held uh, Saquon Barkley to 29 yards last week. Um, so they really had a strong run game. But I think the Broncos can run on the Steelers. Uh, uh, they can do a better job. Uh, give the ball to Gordon. Gordon. It was funny. As soon he he wasn't all that effective in training camp. It wasn't all that effective uh, in the first half of the uh, of the game against the Titans. In fact, he had the biggest blunder with the fumble. Um, but once Philip Lindsay went down, he was the man you know uh, and he started playing really well. I think Melvin Gordon has always been the man. He, he was the man four years at Wisconsin when he set all the NCAA records. He was the man for five years uh, with the Chargers. Um, he had fumble problems early, but not in the last couple of years, so that was disappointing about the fumble he had the other night. But uh, I, I don't think Melvin maybe you know, I don't think competition brought the best out of him. Uh, Philip Lindsay didn't bring the best out of Melvin Gordon. I think it was when he didn't have competition, and he knew he was the guy that Melvin Gordon took off. Some guys, you got to give him confidence, even even the vets, even the guys who have been around and have proven themselves. They like to have a slap on the back, and uh, once you give that to them, uh, they take off. And so I think Melvin's going to play well this week against Pittsburgh. He has to play well if the Broncos are going to have a shot. they got to run the ball because it's going to be difficult protecting Drew Locke in this game. The Steelers, uh, as Vic Fangio said during the week, they're not quite Blitzburg like they used to be. They don't bring extra uh, pass rushers uh, like they did in the Dick LeBeau uh, days. Uh, but they still mix up that fourth guy quite a bit, and so it looks like a blitz, and the stat the stat people uh, still give them credit for blitzes sometimes. Uh, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree are terrific pass rushers. They didn't have one last week against, uh, or this week, it was Monday, uh, against the Steelers or against the Giants, but uh, still the Steelers had three sacks, so once those guys get going, you know they can really apply the pressure. They did have some pressures on Daniel Jones. And that was really the difference of the game. Daniel Jones played, was playing remarkably well, had great poise, and then he had a breaking point with that play down on the goal line. Um, and that was the difference in the game. So the key on offense to me is Melvin Gordon. Uh, you got to protect uh, Drew Locke, which means you better have a run game to help protect Drew Locke. And then the second uh, thing, of course, is you got to confuse Ben Ro- Roethlisberger, and that's where Vic Fangio comes in. Vic, uh, you know, keep those two safeties back. Uh, mix up the coverages. You know, press man-to-man sometimes. Play back and play zone other times. Um, make Big Ben be patient. Big Ben likes uh, Roethlisberger, likes the big impact pass downfield. The Fangio defense doesn't give that up. I mean, a lot of people thought Tannehill you know he's kind of a check down type guy he's not aggressive like Big Ben and that is you know that is uh, uh, you know good to an extent but the bigger thing is Tannehill took what the defense gave him and all that Fangio's defense gave him were those six yard completions and Tannehill took them. he has the maturity and the poise to uh, and the patience to take those six-yard completions. And he took six-yard completions all the way down the field on 15 12-yard drives, mixing in the Derrick Henry play. I'm not sure Big Ben has that type of patience. So I think the Broncos can get a couple turnovers in this game. And if they get a couple turnovers, they got a shot. I would not pick the Broncos to win this game. I would not, as my only fantasy advice again this week, is to not uh, activate Cortland Sutton. He may play... But again, if he does, I'm not sure how effective he is play someone else if you have other options, but I still think the Broncos have a chance to surprise people in this game um they're they're i I think they're better than people think as as they sit right now again with a young team um I've said this all year they're gonna lose some games they shouldn't, and Monday night maybe they shouldn't have and they're gonna win some games um win some games that no one expects them to win and this is a game that no one expects them to win so we'll see they're talented you can see that the talent base is getting up there they're well coached on both sides of the ball but uh the youth uh, they just didn't they just didn't have the maturity to win that game on monday night let's see what happens against pittsburgh no fans in pittsburgh so they don't have to worry about that still be on the road might be a tough game for mcmanus because heinz field is a, a one end zone in particular is tough to kick in, so they have to really put in some extra kicks before the game. But uh, Broncos got a chance. I, I I think they got a chance. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win, but they they got They they might be in position where the game is competitive halfway through the fourth quarter. How about that? I will predict that. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed Cliss's uh, mic drop here. Our first klissa's Mike drop of 2020 hope you enjoyed our interview with uh alexander johnson the broncos fine uh mike linebacker i think he's uh, uh needs to start getting some pro bowl consideration i know it's early in the year but it's got to start early it seems like with that type of thing uh boy he is a he's just a uh, he's a beast out there um not very fast but boy is he physical um so hope you enjoy it hope you enjoy the game Sunday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh Broncos 0-1 against Pittsburgh 1-0 Big Ben Juju Smith won't be uh Smith Schuster uh so it won't be easy uh for the Broncos but I think they got a chance and uh, we'll see what happens we'll do this again next week thanks for tuning in everybody